Hello and welcome to The Hearts Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is Jamie to talk about the 2-0 defeat at Tincastle to Rangers. We talk a little bit about the defending during the game and the refereeing. We look ahead to Dundee on Saturday and we finish the show by talking a little bit about ticket prices ahead of the New Year derby. On Sunday, having watched the, the game at Tincastle, we we were probably the better team overall, but, you know, def- defensive mishaps sort of cost us in the end, didn't it, Gordon? I thought it was a pretty decent open game between two attacking sides. Um, the difference is, as you mentioned, poor defending from our point of view, but they'll probably look at the two goals and, and be delighted with how they scored them. I mean, for me, the first one is is... It's very poor. You can't let someone like Alfredo Morelos um, control the ball and pick his spot uh, in, in the box, you know, considering how, how lethal he is. Um, and the second one's a, a ball over the top, you know. It's just absolutely ridiculous um, getting caught out like that. It's actually schoolboy stuff, to be honest. Um, but those those two moments really um, overshadowed what I actually thought was a decent performance from Hearts. Um, I think we were a bit shell-shocked to be 2-0 down because we actually could have been 2-0 up ourselves. Um, Boyce, for me, should score. Um, I know McGregor makes a decent save, but I think when a goalkeeper stands in effect on his six-yard line, for me, you've, you've, you've got enough space to, to dink the ball over him and, and put it into the net. Um, so that, that was disappointing, and obviously we had a chance right after it as well. And I thought our tempo was really good. I thought we started the game well, and that's something we've criticised Hearts for recently. Is um is a failure to start, uh, particularly big games with that type of intensity, and uh, and almost peppering the goal because I think when you've got a full time castle, that's exactly the way to get them behind you, and you could feel that there was a, you know, the crowd were were definitely right behind the team, and then bang, you know, Rangers score virtually the first time they go up the park, um, so it's a huge disappointment to give a goal away like that, and I think it stunned Hearts a little bit, and you've seen it, you know, right after the first goal that. Their heads were in the cloud a little bit. Passes that they were making just a couple of minutes ago, they, they had stopped making those passes and they were surrendering possession to Rangers. And then they get the second goal right away. And, and I suppose credit in a way because it would have been easy for the game just to, to totally slip away from Hearts after that. But we settled down, um, started creating chances again. But we just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. You know, we spurned loads of opportunities um, right throughout the 90 minutes but I felt if we could have got maybe a goal right before half time or even at the start of the second half the game totally would have swung back and, and I wouldn't have been surprised if Hearts had maybe managed to go in and get a point because I know Rangers spurned a, a, a couple of maybe um, easier chances in the second half I, I didn't really think they threatened us as much as, as what you maybe would have expected I thought they were quite happy to kind of sit in a little bit and um, let Hearts have the ball um, but they had, you know, the most frustrating thing from a heart's point of view is we just, like I say, couldn't put the ball in the net. You know, keepers made a couple of decent saves, but we've hit the post a few times, hit the crossbar with a free kick. Boyce misses a glorious opportunity um, right in the box. You expect them to bury it. Um, there was almost the, the own goal as well. So you think, you know, another day's day go for you, but um, unfortunately, it just wasn't our day. and. But I think the the performance overall was encouraging. I think if Hearts play like that, even against Celtic or Rangers, I think more often than not, um, they'll they'll come away with a victory. And you just feel maybe, like we said after we were talking about the Celtic game, that we're maybe two or three players away from actually 
challenging these teams. You feel like if we had added maybe even two or three more quality players into that team with that type of performance, we win the game quite comfortably, I think. Jamie, Rangers' game plan did work, though. They knew we were going to go out and, and try and attack them in that first 10 minutes. They hit us on the break for the first one and obviously the second one as well. And then it was really just a case of them defending, us attacking, wasn't it? Yeah, they've been much more compact under Van Bronckhorst. It's, um, I was very impressed with Rangers defensively. I was trying to remember a, an old firm side that I've seen kind of coming to Tynecastle that has been so defensively organised, if you like. And... Uh, yeah, they were they were lethal on the break. It actually sets up a really good old firm clash at the start of January. You've got that kind of Celtic free flow and attack that everybody keeps speaking about against that kind of resolute Rangers defence and Celtic's questionable defence against that Rangers side that hit us on the break so effectively. Obviously, that's going to be at Parkhead. So I would expect Rangers to probably adopt similar tactics and uh, wouldn't really be surprised if we saw a similar outcome. We'll talk a little bit about the refereeing performance. It feels as if we've, we've chatted about um, referees for about um, the last three weeks on the show. Um, how did you think Nick Walsh did on Sunday, Gordon? Um, useless, to be perfectly honest with you. I thought he actually ruined a pretty good game with his petty bookings, um, making it all about him. Done a similar thing in the derby, didn't he? I mean, he wasn't really booking many people, but... I don't think he booked anybody that day, actually. But um, his decision-making, you know, just giving decisions against players for what should be 50-50s, not letting the game flow. Um, but he was card-happy um, on uh, on Sunday there. Uh, I thought some of the decisions were... I mean, for me, the Ginelli one, um, I think his first booking is very harsh. Um, now, I've not, I've not seen it back in real time, but what it looked like to me was... Ginelli was going over to have a chat to him and he's kind of stumbled a little bit and sort of fell into him. Um, and Nick Walsh just bans the yellow card. I mean, what, why? Why are you booking a player for that? I mean, what what is the need? Because then, you know, something happens towards the end of the second half there um, where he's he's got involved in a, 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 skir, a skirmish. And you think to yourself, yeah, you know, you normally do see players get booked for these type of things. He's obviously booked the Rangers player as well and gets Barisic, wasn't it? Um, but, you think to yourself, well, why why book him early on in the first place for something that was clearly an accident? Um, just, yeah, I, I, I just don't agree with referees who are too card happy. I think, you know, they're there to referee the game um, to maintain order, not to, to put an iron fist on, on the 90 minutes. People don't pay their money to watch a referee. Um, I thought he had a terrible game for me. Um, he's probably thought to himself, yep, I'm on the telly here to you know a big massive game I'll make it all about me he's probably went home and um, and got his missus to record his best bits and he's probably just watched them over and over again um, enjoying himself so that's the type of type of person I think Nick Walsh is um, as I said two times I've seen him referee games um, this season has been against uh, it's been two big games at Tynecastle and I thought he was poor in both of them. But it's just a standard of refereeing in this country, unfortunately. Um, just just the way it is. Um, I think it's it's got to change, hasn't it? We've got to get a better standard. Um, and it, but we, we mentioned foreign referees. Is that the way forward? I'd love to see it, but I don't think it's realistic, unfortunately. Um, but if, you know, Nick Walsh is a young referee. I think he's maybe only 31 or something. He's effectively the future, really, of of young referees coming up in this country. 
And if that's the if that's the standard, God help us, by the way, because we're in for another rough 10, 15 years if, if guys like him are in charge. Um, so, yeah, th- disappointing. As I said, it was a really good game, but um, ruined, I thought, by a referee. Obviously, Jamie will chat a little bit about some of the decisions made. I mean, at the start of the game, he gave a corner to Hearts. It was, in fact, a throw-in. Um, Craig Gordon got a booking. Alan McGregor never got a booking until after Craig Gordon. What do you make of some of the decisions that were made and some of the baffling calls that were made throughout the game? Should have Janelli been sent off as well? I think Janelli was unlucky, actually, to be honest. Uh, you know, Gordon touches on the, the first yellow there. He is right in his face. And, you know, I, I think sometimes it's a bit daft. I've kind of seen the back a couple of times. I'm still not sure. He was obviously he'd had a shot and he was claiming it was a corner. I'm still not really sure whether it was a corner or not. To be honest, I have watched it back. It's quite hard to tell. Um, there does appear to be a bit of movement on the ball, but I wasn't really sure if that was from the strike or a, a deflection. As for the second yellow, it's one of those where you either kind of book both players or you book nobody. And if you book nobody, nobody really complains. And the fact that Janelli's already on a booking, yes, you say Janelli's stupid for going and getting involved, but you know, does Nick Walsh need to send them off there? No, he doesn't. You know, it's one of those where you can separate them. It's been a, a, a you know, it's a, a big game, obviously. You know, tempers are, are uh, tempers are high, and you know, he, he just simply doesn't need to book in there, especially when he's already on a booking. And he's already brandished you know, 10 yellow cards or something in the game prior to those ones. So he did lose uh, lose the plot a bit. And uh, yeah, one of the most baffling ones for me was it took 75 minutes to brandish a yellow card in the direction of Alan McGregor. What did you make of um, McGregor's time wasting through the game, Gordon? I mean, he, he got away with it throughout the game, didn't he? Yeah, you know, it's the first time I've ever seen a Rangers and Celtic team time waste so early. I mean, they were at it from the 10th minute. Um, bizarre, bizarre taxes. I don't know if that's came in from from Van Bonkost or what, but it was a uh, it was baffling. And you know, the, the the biggest thing for me was when he went over to McGregor and it looked like he was getting his booking, then just put his arms out and said, "No more." I mean, piss off. I mean, you've wasted more time by doing that. I mean, what what's actually the point in that? It's a waste of time. Um, so you know, if any, just played right in McGregor's hands by doing that, and then ten minutes later. He finally books him. But, I mean, it's been happening the entire game. Like I say, well well from the first half there. So, no, I mean, it just, uh, that just wound me right up, by the way. Um, but, yeah, I, w- I was surprised at Rangers kind of tactics. You know, I never had them down as a time-wasted team. But, um, yeah, they were they, they were right at it. And But I think that's where you need, like, a proper captain, a proper leader on the park there, someone who's nibbling at the referee's ear and saying, go and have a word with these. They've been at it all the time. And I just think, you know, obviously Craig Gordon's our captain. He's at the end of the park. He's, he can't exactly just run all the way up and chat to the referee. You know, it's not as if he's like uh, in the middle of the park. That's where you want someone else in there. You know, that's where you miss Stevie Naismith because he was always at the referees. You know, he was if, if Naismith was on that park, McGregor would have been booked, I think, maybe even before halftime. Because, I mean, you, you've, got to, you've got to have someone right in the referee's ear. Because that's what Celtic Rangers have done for years. You know, they've also had the types of players who are nibbling at the referee's ear and going, come on, you know, have a word with him, put pressure on them. And unfortunately, there wasn't anybody putting pressure on, on Walsh. Yes, you, you, you'd like to think that he would take the own initiative and, and go and book him. But, you know, as we've just talked about, he's, he's useless. So that was never going to happen. We'll stop talking about referees for, for just now. I suppose there's some positives though, Jamie, coming from, from the game. We, we were on the front foot most of the game. We were unlucky. We hit the bar twice um, during the game. And, um, you know, we really should have maybe got something out of it. 
No, it was a, a an open game. We had plenty of chances, and uh, I'm you know I'm still kind of left wondering how we didn't score. I think Rangers is time wasting is kind of testament to how well we played, how the game was going, and uh, you know you're looking at Kingsley's free kick off the bar, and you're thinking that's uh, maybe just one of those signs that it's not going to be our day. Um, but uh, no no complaints for me about the performance. Obviously, it went with the four two three one. Um, Thought Mickenf was was quite unlucky not to start. Uh, we touched on him last week. I was impressed with his kind of energy levels at Livingston. For somebody that's not had that much game time, he was tracking back towards the end of the, the Livingston game. So that was uh, quite impressive to see. And he's somebody that can strike a ball from distance as well, um, from open play, obviously. So uh, yeah, I think he could be a, a good player moving forward. Um, Gary McKay Stephen again, kind of was the name that I was kind of seeing on Twitter after the game. A lot of people kind of targeting him uh, I think he is starting to become a bit of a scapegoat if I'm honest although I don't disagree with any of the um, kind of criticism that's going his way I, I do think kind of he's maybe taken uh, a little more criticism than than others in that uh, kind of attacking lineup could be taken as well yeah I can't I can't understand why GMS started to be honest with you I'm, I'm the same as you I thought McInef was was really good at Livingston I, I thought he should have kept his place but you know, I mean, maybe it was just Nielsen felt the front three would, would be better. But I just think, yeah, we need to add more goals, I think, to, to our front three. And, um, you know, Boyce is obviously, he scored the majority of them, but you can't always rely on him. Um, I think more more players have got to chip in with more goals. I think Mackay is due a goal. Um, for me, he's done everything but scored. His creative influence in that team um, is clear to see. So I think, you know, if we can add, Another player uh, with, a, with a similar amount of quality who's going to score more goals because I think that maybe the hope was that Woodburn would be that type of player, but he's just for whatever reason um, not showing us anywhere anywhere near uh, the level that we expect for that type of player. So hopefully they can maybe address it in January. And because uh, I think I'll always kind of think back to the the championship days and um, when when they brought Zifuk in and the impact that he had. Because you almost felt like we were maybe struggling a little bit up front injuries wise. It was only really so that we had up there, although Keaton's had, had scored a few goals and El Hassanowi just he didn't score anywhere near enough. And they brought Zifuk in and and I think he ended up with double figures. I think he ended up with 13 or 14 goals. I'm not saying Hearts are going to go out and get a player who will get that amount of goals, but if you can get one in that can maybe score seven or eight, maybe even nine goals, then you know you're certainly onto something. And I would we would see results. Um, that that we've maybe drew in this season, turn into wins, and that that'll be the fine line between finishing third or finishing maybe even fourth or fifth. Obviously, got you and Henderson on loan until January. No. He's one of those no. guys that can come back in. He's been no. scoring plenty of goals, is he not? Uh, no. Not the sort no. of player you're looking for. No, no, no. It's another another agenda that we've got on this podcast. We've got. No, it's not an agenda. agenda. It's, it's, it's realistic at the end of the day. He'll not be back at Hearts. I think he'll be away in the summer. Um, if he was really the player that, that you're making out, Jamie, I think he would have had a three-year contract done and dusted already. Um, for me, he's he's a young man, but he'll always be a lower league striker. You know, you can make the same argument about Craig Whiten. For me, these are just lower also, league strikers. Gordon, you could also make arguments, though, that, you know, Stephen, Stevie May um, went down to Aloha, scored, I think, about the same amount of goals as um, Stevie Henderson May's crap. Stevie May is But Stevie May then went to Aberdeen. Goals in this division for St. But he didn't score any goals at Aberdeen, did he? As soon as these guys step up to a bigger club, 
They do absolutely nothing. And the mentality to play at a club like Hearts is you need. There's only a, a, so many players that actually have um, that can handle it. Boyce is one of the players because he's a natural goal scorer. He can come in and score goals. Aberdeen had it with you know your Rooney's and even you can argue Cosgroves as well. These type of but that's a, that's a player that you need in there that will score goals in big games. And I'm sorry, but people like Whiten, Henderson, and even Stevie May there are just not of that quality. They might be decent footballers in their own right but they just haven't got the mentality to play for a big club like Hearts. And that's the difference where we need to be. And it's the it's type of standards that we need to demand um, instead of just signing shite every summer that, oh, we well, scored a few goals for Alawa, so he might be OK. No, sorry, but we need we need to get we need to be away from from that type of mentality for me. I think, you know, you Henderson, maybe just a confidence player. Uh, now that he's gone away and got loads of goals, might come back all, all guns blazing. Might be a good backup for, for boys. No, uh, I would no. probably rather because have him in my squad over Nandale, to be honest. He's at a contract in the summer as well. I'd rather maybe look at somebody who's a bit younger, a bit more potential in, in somebody like you and Henderson than, than Nandale, Gordon. I mean, we even are... if you give him January until the summer no. and then he doesn't impress, then OK. But I would, I but would he rather... won't impress. He's been here for a long time and he's not impressed. thing is, right, but now he's got confidence because he's gone away and scored all these goals no, on loan. The whole no. point is well, giving good. these players game time to he develop. He's the record goal scorer, but it's not going to happen to Hearts. It's just a fact. It was the same with Craig White, and everybody was going, "Oh well, Craig White, you know, he's done really well and all this sort of thing." But just he clearly wasn't he wasn't good enough to play for Hearts, and that that is where you've got to get the the line. It's all right saying, "Oh well, he might have a bit of potential." That's fine, but we are we are we're in a position right now where. We're not building for the future. We need we need results and we need success now. We've you know we, we could have went down that route about five six years ago. We are not in a position right now to be looking for potential. We need results and we need to get this club moving now because we've stagnated for far too long. It's time for success. We need to qualify for Europe this season. We need to be in Europe next season and doing well in Europe. We need to start challenging for trophies and winning trophies and making sure and cement ourselves quite simply as the third team in Scotland. We Time for potential and developing and all that nonsense. That that can happen further down the line when you've cemented your position as the third biggest club in the country again. We don't need to do all that just now. I mean, there's plenty of time to do this. was always a season. We're a newly promoted team. No. Could have easily come no. sixth this season. All, every no. team needs results. Yeah, they still if need Hearts, an element. If don't qualify for you the this future. season, sack the manager. Simple as that. Because well, for from me, this, they, from this position, yes, but not at the no, start. No, but even the before the even before the season, even before a ball no, was kicked. No, no, I, I don't because you've got the budget there, you've got the players there who can quite clearly compete in in, in Scotland. And for me, anything other than a European finish is unacceptable for for the type of budget that we have. And we can go on about yeah, you know, look what happened over the last few years, not. But that was that was a total mismanagement. Hearts had the players quite comfortably that should have been finishing um, at the very least fourth. Instead, they got relegated because they were mismanaged, they were paid too much money, and they were a bunch of prima donnas, right? We've went over this over and over again, right? But what needs to happen now is Hearts are in a position where they are the third best team in the country. Now, they need to go and achieve it. But the most important thing for us is to continue to, to keep those standards high, continue to raise them, and make sure this football club actually achieves what it can. Because... We've got we've got really good financial backing. We're not in any debt. We're probably in the strongest position this football club has been in for about thirty years. Well, maybe not the first season of Romanov, but you you know what I mean. You know, stability wise, it's probably the most comfortable it's been for about thirty years. And for me now, they need to continue to improve. Look, there was nineteen thousand at Tincastle on um on Sunday there. 
if, if Hearts continue to do well, if they even win a trophy, get themselves back into Europe, they'll be even more there. And, and it's all about building the football club and getting people excited to go and watch the football team again. Um, and that, 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 that's simply where we need to go. And with the greatest respect to people like Henderson, um, Hearts fans are not going to come out in their droves to watch you and Henderson up front. They're just not. But surely, though, it's about a good balance, isn't it? Eventually. Obviously, Gordon, you make the good, good point that we need to be qualifying for Europe every season. That should be a minimum. But we should also be developing, you know, players. Yeah, but he's, tw- he's 22. Because that'll give, give, no, give us I, the profits. Yeah, I get what you mean. Players. No, no, I, I do, and I get what you mean. And, and listen, we have got to develop players, but I'd rather nurture. I mean, listen, if it was like a, 60, a 17-year-old coming through, then I could maybe understand the argument. But this guy, but Ewan Henderson's 22. So, you know, if he was good enough, he would already have established himself in the Hearts team. He would have been a regular starter last season in the Championship, but he isn't because he's not good enough. So when we're saying stuff like, uh, well, yeah, because I'm not being funny, right? But if, if you're needing a goal and we're 1-0 down or it's 1-1 and you're, you're wanting a player to come off the bench to, to save you, you're not exactly going to be filled with huge amount of confidence when you and Henderson standing in the dugout ready to come on. You're just not going to. Because quite simple, I've just, just scored, some, scored, you know scored some big goals for Alawa this season. Oh, yeah. Scored a couple of goals against Cove. Alawa Yeah, Alawa and Luke he's, he's, he's come yeah. off the bench and scored goals for oh, his yeah. current yeah. team. Yeah. It may yeah. not be the case that we're talking about. Yeah, it's bad as Spencer. Also. Remember his run. Remember his run from his own box. <laughs> he nearly made an arsey. Lincoln should have shot earlier. Actually, nearly ran out of play, but the stupid goalkeeper took him out. That's the standard of Alawa. Jamie, I'm, I'm going to ask you on your point here because you're starting to be like Spencer. Surely Nandali would score a barrel load of goals for Alawa in League One. No? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe loan him out. Stick him there instead of Henderson in, uh, in January and we'll see. Henderson's gone there. It's difficult to go and play in those sort of leagues. He's gone and scored a few goals. I'm not sure Nandale has the work rate for that, to be honest. No, but you can make the same argument about Nandale going to Blackpool and scoring, what, 17 goals? Surely it's harder to score for Blackpool than it is for Alawa. I don't know. Is it? I never played for either of them. Well, I would say so. I think looking at the standard of the divisions and the teams that Blackpool play compared to Alawa, I mean, Blackpool are playing against players who are probably in the same sort of wages as what Hearts players are. And there's Ewan Henderson going to playing against uh, Sparkies and Plumbers. Might get a game at our five sides. You know what I mean? Bring him along there. Maybe he'll fit in well there. Maybe he'll score a couple of goals playing against us. Jesus, Spence, that would be Spencer's dream, that, playing upside along, alongside right, young Hendel. He'd be wanting to swap bibs at full time. Yeah. I think he wants better along as well, to be honest. Be, nah, he's, he's not welcome. He's not welcome. <laughs> so what do we need in January then? Do we need more at the back or more going up front? I think January's the one of those months that you want someone to come in and give you a boost until the summer, make an impact. Um, listen, as much as I've harped on about the defence, we could probably limp on with it until the summer. Um, but although if they're maybe targeting a right back, someone maybe who can play the right wing back, then I think that maybe wouldn't be a bad thing. But I think defensively, you can maybe, providing they probably don't lose anybody, it should be okay to get by with, with, with the current back um, defensive line. So, for me, I think you've got to go and add some goals in there. Like I say, we've got plenty, plenty of creativity in the team. 
but we just need somebody that can can finish it off. And I think if we can maybe add uh, someone who will come in, preferably someone that maybe even knows the league, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Someone who's can come in, bit of form, a good experience, really good footballer, and start giving us goals. And uh, that, that for me is uh, is huge. So I don't know if they'll be looking England, if they're looking, looking abroad. Uh, who knows, you know, the American market's not a bad thing to maybe look at. Um, I think Hibs have got a boy coming in from the MLS who's quite highly rated. So um, I think it's maybe a market we might be looking at hopefully, um, and, and we can get a player in who will come in and, and hit the ground running. Because unfortunately, I think, apart from Boyce, you know, the others just haven't done enough. GMS hasn't done enough. I think these are good squad players to have, but when you're looking for a, a starter, unfortunately, they've just not they've not done enough. They've not scored enough goals. Yeah, sounds like somebody I know, actually. You, you know, come in, knows the club, uh, could hit the ground running on a bit of a Bit of form just now. Uh, I think I know who could uh, who could be the answer. Stevie Naismith is not coming out of retirement. Just just break, honestly, just let it go, Jamie. Imagine he comes back, eh, and just they, they give him a game and uh, he, he starts starts scoring all the goals. Proves Gordon wrong, eh? Proves everybody wrong, actually. Maybe me and Spencer will be Naismith. vindicated. No, you and Henderson. Nah, not going to happen. Um, we should bring Lafferty back. I'm wanting Laugh back so he can, you know add to his uh, 20-odd goals or whatever it is he, he gave us uh, that magical season. Never got 20. No, well, 19, 20. 19. Was it 20? Was it 19 in the league he got? Or was it 19 overall? Oh, overall, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Still a pretty good return for a team that was quite crap. Yeah, it's all right. Bring Henderson <laughs> back. He'll get, uh, he'll get another nine. He could get, actually, league one top goal scorer if they keep him at Alloa. He could probably break records for them, I reckon. What what would you get at the end of the season if you're top goal scorer in League One? Don't know. Actually, like, good question. Don't even get the golden boot. It's just like a golden flip flop. <laughs> <laughs> Move on and uh, stop talking about you and Henderson. Um, Dundee away on Saturday. Gordon, they'll be out without Charlie Adam. How much of a threat do they pose, Hearts? We've, we've had a similar form guide the last five games. We've won two, they've won two. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I expect from Dundee, really, because I actually tipped them having an all right season at the start. Um, I thought, you know, they might be mid-table because I thought if you look through their team, they've actually got sort of quite a decent side. They've got good players who, who can score goals in this league. Um but for whatever reason, they've just not hit the running. I mean, to be fair, they have a pretty poor manager, so maybe that's why. But, uh, yeah, Dundee, I don't know, they're a funny team. They can maybe turn it on for one game. We've seen when they're in the championship with us, you know, we started them 6-2, and then they beat a 3-1 um, during the year. So, um, during New Year. So, yeah, I think it's a big game for Hearts because I think if you look at the next three, it's got to be nine points. Absolutely got to be nine points heading into the derby. For me, you know, two home games, and is, am I right in saying that I've, I have to maybe refresh the table? But is it is it the bottom three that we're playing next? Are they all in the bottom three? Um, so you've got it. You've absolutely got to take nine points there. Um, listen, it'll be tough because we've seen how Hearts got in the last season at Dens, but we've got an all right record there. It's not one of these bogey grounds where um, we we can never seem to pick up any points at. So. 
we're not going to be backed by our traditional, you know, two, three thousand. I don't know how many are going through. Um, won't be many by by the sounds of it. A lot of the supporters' buses aren't taking buses. I think there's maybe only uh, only a handful. We'll obviously be three of them. Um, maybe we'll be the only three. Who knows what a laugh that would be? Be like traveling to Kazakhstan for a Europa League qualifier, just us of the back row jumping about. Or be like Burkakara's limbs against us, all three fans, just that that distinct oh when the goal goes in. But yeah, no, for me, Hearts have got to go there and, and assert themselves and uh, and put on a good performance. I think if they, they go into the game and they, and they have a similar intensity, set a similar tempo that they did on Sunday, I, I don't see how Dundee could live with us. Um, they've just got to make sure that they're not stupid in defence, which unfortunately we have habits of being. But if we can go there and hopefully we're not having to make a change after 25 minutes because he's got the formation wrong, hopefully he gets the right formation. Um, I'd like to see Mac and F come back into the the team. Um, GMS out, probably. Uh, hopefully, Boyce will be all right. Can maybe get get a couple of goals, get his confidence back up again uh, for for what's going to be a, a big run in. So yeah, big game for Hearts, and um, we've got to go there and and I think lay lay a marker down because it's looking like maybe Dundee United might not be playing this weekend. Um, I don't know if Motherwell are or not, um, but I know that these sides have got games against the old firm coming up. So I think the important thing for us is to try and make sure we take advantage of our next three and uh, hopefully widen the gap. Do you think we'll set up a similar way to Rangers, Jamie, or more like how we played against Livingston? No, I would, I would like to to think that we would set up in a similar way. I, I probably agree with Gordon, actually, that I'd probably bring Mick and F in for GMS. That'd probably be my only change. But the one thing I will say is probably uh, Alex, Crocan, Alex Cochran, sorry, probably a wee bit unlucky if he doesn't start because, obviously, I think a lot of Hearts fans have been very impressed with him. And then, obviously, Kingsley, if he was to play left-back, Cochran's out the team. You want Kingsley on the pitch because he's a free-kick asset. But Cochran, again, hasn't really done anything wrong in a heart shirt. So, um, he would he would be a bit unlucky not to not to start or to drop out the team because of a, a formation change. But yeah, I'd like to see McInerney come back in. That's for sure. Uh, obviously, Gordon says there we're playing the, the the bottom three currently in the table, but we're yet to beat any of them this season. Obviously, drawn with all three, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how we get on. But uh, yeah, definitely nine points out of nine for me. Anything less, and I'll be pretty disappointed. Do you not think so? If you if you look at like our stats. I read somewhere that is it is it two wins in nine or something? Spent I think Spencer put a similar stat up. It was like I think two wins and <laughs> two wins in nine or something. So surely, surely if we don't go and beat Dundee, that could be wrong. It might be three, but I, I I would have to look at it. But Spencer put a stat up there. Um, uh, you almost think to yourself, you know, Hibs have went through a similar run. Um, although theirs was a, a series of losses in a row. But, you know, it's probably maybe something somewhere where they, they only have maybe like two wins in nine as well. They've sacked their manager. I'm not... Yeah. How, how, you know, if we don't go and beat Dundee, we drop points in the, the following two games, is it is it acceptable to ask for a, a change of manager? Oh, for goodness sake, this is a disgrace, I, honestly. No, but seriously, though, seriously, though, you know, you, you you that is that is a you know that 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 is a pretty awful run. 
Ask yeah. me after the derby, and we'll see how we get on. You're just yeah, yeah. You're just yeah. stirring it's, the it's, pot. No, what? Well, listen, it's a fair point. I think. I mean, it's a typical agenda that you get on this podcast. I think it's a fair point. Surely you've got to look at where Robbie Nielsen's taken us from where he was, where we were before he came. You know, look, we're in the championship, for goodness sake. We're mismanaged so badly. Yeah, but we're not mismanaged anymore, are we? No, well, of course not. But Robbie Nielsen's part of that, surely, no? Yeah, listen, I don't think it's the most difficult job in the world to manage the third biggest club in the country with the third biggest budget. <laughs> yeah, but, but other managers didn't do it. Levine Dimmer yeah, done but it. They were, they were crap managers. Done it. Crap managers. Yeah. Exactly. And I think Robbie Nielsen's actually quite a competent manager. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a semi-decent manager. I think he's done a good job. But, you know, if he doesn't win the big games, that's the question you've got to ask. I suppose it's a question for Hearts fans. What do they want? Do they want to win the big games? No, I, I still think the support's very, very split. And I just think, you know, runs, like, if it is two wins in ten... Um, or nine or whatever it is, then is that acceptable? I don't think it is. So what if we're going to win the next four then? Yeah, great. It, makes, it obviously takes pressure off them and it means that we can go into January and hopefully add a few more and finish the job, get us into Europe and win a trophy. That's That for me is going to be the target. But, um, you know, it could quite easily turn sour. We could maybe get beat Saturday, maybe four points, the two home games, one of them where maybe a late goal, lose the derby, then go out talking like Talbot, and you think to yourself, well, where does that leave you after that? This is a disgrace. You can tell that your brother Spencer, eh? You're at the absolute wind-up here. No, but listen, would that surprise you if that happened? I mean, it's hard, so nothing surprises me. that, That would surprise you, Jamie, would it? Yeah, I would be surprised if we lost on Saturday, to be honest, first and foremost. Dundee... Obviously, Ryan Sweeney was sent off last night, so Dundee probably right. going to be without a centre-half. Lee Ashcross already injured, so it's going to but be a you said, we've not beat any of the bottom three this season. Yeah, but we played well in all three of those games. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, obviously um, it's a results-based business, I understand that, but I feel like we should have. You know, that's that. Although it is a thing, it shouldn't be a thing because we should never have dropped the points to Dundee. We should have had about four or five against St. Johnston and, and Ross County. We kind of changed the team up that day, if I remember rightly, and it, it didn't really work. Um, but we had chances towards towards the end to, to nick it, and we didn't. You do have to think, though, if we had picked up maximum points in those games, where would we be now? Well, that, that, that is the annoying thing for me, is, you know, we've kind of gone from having a sniff of a title challenge, which kind of got everybody a little bit excited to just competing for third, um, which is a shame because it would have been nice to, to have, have even just hung on to the coattails of the, the top two. Because in fact, how how long we were um, in front of um, Celtic for to now be nine points behind, I think. Um, it's quite frustrating. But certainly when, you know, I felt this season going into it that Celtic and Rangers were, uh, were there for the taking this season and I mean, Rangers have shown the quality they have, but I think if you look at the, our two performances against them, you know, we could, you know, we took a point at Ibrox, but, you know, we absolutely could have won the game on, on Sunday there. Um, I thought the performances against Celtic have been decent, but, you know, it's just every, it's the other games, isn't it? You know, your bread and butters. And for me, I think anything less than nine points, you've got to, you've got to start asking questions for me out of the next three games because 
where we want to be as a football club, it's it's got to be better. It, it's got to be better. You know, you, you've you, I don't expect Hearts to win every single game, but I expect it to be better than two wins and nine games or whatever it is. It's three wins in ten at the moment. I just had a wee look at that. You know, well, there you go. That, that for me is unacceptable. That that is a poor run of form. And um, you know, fair enough if they go and add you know three wins out of the next, and then you can you know sort of spin it on his head and say, oh well, that's four wins out of six or whatever. Um, but it's overall it's still still not good enough. And it's it, it's simply going to be better. And uh, for for the squad of players that we have, and it's not as if we've been riddled with injuries this season. I voice has been out a little bit, but we've still had players in there that, that should be able to come in and, and cope. Um, I think it's disappointing. So, as I said, you know, nine points in the next three for me is, is an absolute must. I think just quickly there, you know, before you want to move on, Ross, I think, you know, you speak about Boyce's injury there. That's probably the difference between us and, you know, say Rangers of Celtic. It's, it's obviously the squad depth. I think this is one of the best um, Hearts kind of squad depths that I've, I've seen in a, a number of years, but it's still not um, quality-wise as, yeah. as good on the bench as obviously Rangers or Celtic. And that's the difference. You know, Rangers have got Morelos, Ruth, Sakala. Ken Wright, Hadji is their, you know, front as, as possible front three options. You know, Boyce got injured. We had Nandale on, you know, Patodri didn't they do enough? And and we actually ended up playing, you know, Ginelli through the middle because Nandale just doesn't doesn't cut the mustard. And you're talking about adding Ewan Henderson to that. Well, I prefer him to Nandale, yeah. Yeah, but it's just not good enough, is he? We need we, we need for me. Do you remember when Liverpool um had Suarez? And then they added Sturridge to it, and then they become they became like SAS, and you know they scored a barrel load of goals. That's probably what we need with Boyce. You know what I mean? He needs a Sturridge, and it's uh, we need to go out there and find it. Um, I was hoping Ben Woodburn might have been that type of player, but clearly not good enough for me. If we can find uh, a similar player with similar goal scoring attributes, we should hopefully be all right. But. You know, actually, I mean, you can even argue that we maybe need two more of the type of players. Very difficult to find in January as well. That's why maybe yeah, one is already yeah. on your on your books might be an answer short term. Maybe might be worth a try. I don't know if Stevie Naismith got the legs anymore, to be honest, but yeah. might be worth asking him. Right, we're we're going round in circles here. I'm I'm sick of talk, talking about you and Henderson and Stevie Naismith and. <laughs> Who we're going to get? Do you think we'll actually sign anybody in January of any significance? January is a difficult time to sign players. Joe Savage had was interviewed earlier in the week with Sky Sports. He seems very impressive when he's been interviewed. Gordon, yeah. Um, do you think we'll get the two or three players that he's, he's thinking of getting? Yeah, I think so. I think they'll have these guys in mind. They'll probably have that had an idea uh, for a fair amount of time what they what they're kind of wanting in January. Um, I, I think they'll tap into the American market. I've just got a feeling that, that Hearts will, will be looking there. I mean, they're, they're obviously close season, so it's, it'll probably be easier to sign players from, from the American market. Obviously, we brought GMS in from New York City. But, uh, yeah, we wouldn't be surprised if that's where they're looking. Uh, maybe the Australian market again, who knows. But I think um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if it was players from these types of countries rather than, you know, maybe players from Scotland or, or even England, because like, like you say, it is difficult for, especially nowadays, it wasn't back in, the, you know, even 10, 15 years ago, bigger clubs could still go out and sign whoever they wanted in January. But I think teams have a little bit more um, more resolve 
to keeping their their best players now um, that than they were um, when they didn't really have any money. So it's, it is certainly difficult to go out there and, and buy a team's top player unless you give them an astronomical amount of money and then they can go in and replace them. But yeah, I, I don't see I don't see anybody maybe from Scotland or or England coming in. But I could see them maybe going into the American Australian market. So hope, hopefully that's the case. Hopefully they find a wee gem who will come in and um, will lead us to glory. But uh, you know, as Hearts, we do we 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 always seem to sign players and we think to ourselves, oh, by the way, he looks good, cracking. You know, really good pedigree, three and a half stars, uh, five star potential on FM. Oh, what a what a player he's going to be, and it becomes crap. Uh, and he's he's given the heart's curse. It's, it's the classic YouTube video, isn't it? I mean, Mahoney yeah. Martin's the, the, the prime example. You yeah. know, his YouTube video that I watched, Vanacek the Hearts, Vanacek was another one. Yeah. Some Although Vanacek was, Vanacek was unlucky because he was mistreated by by a stubborn manager. Van, Vanacek, not the player that came in really out of shape and overweight or... So, oh, blame, I, I blame Craig Levine hard. for that as well or? no I, I blame Craig Levine for the way he treated Vanacek you know he brought him in uh, the guy I thought had a, a decent first game got an assist against Motherwell I mean it was clear although he's a big guy he's not a big catch at target man uh, which Levine was wanting to play in that Dundee game the ball wasn't sticking for the guy but if you gave if you gave the ball to his feet he might have been able to bring players into play you could quite clearly see that now me as a, a muggle football fan I can see it from the stand how can a manager who's got X amount of football uh, football knowledge and, and badges not see that thing? What does he do? Hooks him after 35 minutes, calls him crap publicly. The guy's just came to a new country, um, probably can barely speak the language, and uh, he's just meeting his new teammates, and this guy's hung him out to dry, although he's picked them up for the last six months in the press. So um, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Would I know? But I just thought it would be the first time. It would be the first time. You're right. Doesn't happen very often. We'll move on and chat a little bit about ticket prices ahead of the New Year Derby. Hibs have put out for their own fans um, provisional ticket prices of £31 to £44. £31 being the cheapest ticket price, £44 being the dearest ticket price. Do you think that's right, Jamie? A lot of money. Um... You know, first of all, we should probably say that this isn't uh, anything personal with Hibs. You know, this is just football prices in general. Uh, Tyne Castle, I think, for, for an average kind of adult ticket, you're talking kind of 32, 34. So uh, the game itself is becoming pretty dear. I think you look at places like Germany. I know there's no fans in at the moment, obviously, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh, around about a tenner occasionally for, for tickets over there. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of look at, no disrespect to off the top of my head teams like Livingston St. Johnson I know you get kind of um, a lot of the, the people that kind of live there support Rangers and Celtic but I think if you were to maybe look at these sort of deals and maybe 10, 15 quid I know uh, obviously the, the, the Hearts and Hibs derby with the women tonight is uh, free entry uh, Hibs did the same for the, the return fixture earlier in the season and it attracted a big crowd and that's all about trying to get people into the women's game, obviously, and I think we maybe need to, to look at uh, doing something in this country for, say, the, the, the teams that aren't quite getting the, the attendances that uh, teams like Hearts and, and Celtic and Rangers are getting. Well, it's funny you should say that because Livingston are doing it against Ross County. Um, I think they've um, I think they've put aside 3,600 free tickets 
uh, for their game against Ross County coming up. So I didn't see that. De- de- yeah, de- I mean, decent enough idea, but um, the Dar- the Derby will sell out. I mean, you could probably sell tickets for fifty quid, and people would still go. This is what it is, you know. But I don't think I don't think we'll get charged thirty thirty six. I don't think I've ever paid thirty six for Easter Road, but uh, it'll probably be closer to thirty thirty one thirty two. It's usually what they charge us anyway, so there's no real real difference in, in the prices from our point of view. But the, you know the charge the the forty four pound ones they'll be the the deer seats you know right in the middle of the stand with the the pad and and the the heated back and and all that sort of thing. So um, but I take your point. Yeah, football is very expensive, but I think for big games clubs are always going to exploit that, aren't they? Um, they're always going to want to ramp up the prices because the demand will be higher. I think it's just natural business, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, I think there should be a model in this country to make football more appealing to supporters. Um, I think adding safe standing, bringing back um, alcohol in, in stadiums. I'm not talking about for, you know, your 12 o'clock Sunday game against Celtic and Rangers and Hibs or whatever, but I think for a three o'clock kickoff against, you know, St Mirren or Motherwell, fans should have a pint and that right away will, will generate more income to the football club. So, um, yeah, I think we, we shoot ourselves in the foot in this country constantly by um, by not, you know, finding revenue streams um, or other ways to make money. Uh, instead, we just ramp up ticket prices and, and just say, well, tough, you know, that, you know that, 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 that's what you're paying and like or lump it where, we should, you know, I do agree with Jamie there. We should make it more appealing. I think smaller clubs like, you know, like I mentioned, they were Livingston. I think that's a good initiative because it'll maybe it's more for the younger fans. I don't think older fans, I don't think it's really going to, they're really going to care too much where they're getting in the game for free. It's about um, trying to make younger supporters um, support maybe a, a smaller club or a more local team rather than everybody drifting off to the West Coast to support the old firm. Um, but it's just natural, you know, t- fans will um, congregate towards the, the team who are more successful. And I think had Hearts carried on that, um, like they had at the start of 05-06 under Romanov, if Hearts had went and won five, six, seven trophies during that period, I reckon you'd be getting 30,000 at Tynecastle even now. Because, you know, you'll have a lot of younger fans from that period who will... Uh, naturally come across and start supporting hearts and and then they'll more they'll be more inclined to go on a regular basis so that's simply how Aberdeen have the the away support they have is because the the fans in the central belt followed Aberdeen during during those days that they were successful rather than going supporting the old farm um now they don't go out to Pataudry because it's too far away for them so they instead go and see them away from home and that's why they have a decent away support um that's the only reason that's why What's his name? Cormac's coming out and saying that they're going to build a stadium that will actually be smaller than Tencastle and Easter Road now um, because they know quite simply that they haven't got the support up there. But if they can get a successful team back again, they can start maybe, um, you know, trying to grab people from from the outside areas to come and support the team, then, then you know, their, their home support might go up. But, um, yeah, I think they've, they've got to make it more appealing to to uh, to fans and I think that's the thing about England you know you see a lot of um, you know it's a much much bigger country it's a much better product but when you when I go down at Goodison for example you know you'll see people coming in from the surrounding areas in Liverpool you know places like Wigan and 
um, all the can St Helens and all these sort of smaller places, and they get the trains in, and and even further afield, you know, like maybe in Yorkshire and and the Midlands and stuff, and come to you know uh, Goodison and and various other Premier League teams. I think to to get that up in Scotland, you would have to have a I think lower train pri- uh, prices for a start. I think bring back the old Match Day Express stuff like that. Um, lower prices of of railway tickets and and encourage people to travel because that's what the Germans do. You know, I mean, Jamie mentioned Germany there, tenner for a ticket or whatever, but they also make it um, make it so that fans can actually get to, to away grounds and, and they can they can travel to other, other cities and stuff quite easily and freely. And I think we let ourselves down in this country because, you know, it's not the, the largest country in the world, but the fact it takes four and a half hours to get up to a place like Inverness, I think, is, is pretty ridiculous, really. And people forget that football fans actually pay to go to the match. And um, and that's why I brought up the point a few weeks ago in the podcast when we were talking about, um, you know, the missiles being thrown at Barry Mackay and, and the total overreaction. Imagine that was a rugby game, you know, where, where a player was hit by a stray bottle and they said, oh, well, you know, do you think there would be an inquest and and all that sort of thing if it was if that happened? No, they'd probably, they'd probably blame it on the wind. So that that that's the difference. You know, f- football fans are, are always mistreated and... Um, and until somebody stands up for them, they'll always be paying large ticket prices to go back to your original point, Ross. Um, and that's just, unfortunately, the way it is in this country. Predictions for Saturday? Nil two to Hertz. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that as well, actually. I'll go to nil. I've already pointed out that I think it's going to be a makeshift on the defence. And, uh, yeah, I think Hearts will take advantage. I think they'll win by a couple. One one for me. Oh, piss off. One one. You call me negative. Uh, I was positive last week and I was wrong, so I'm I'm, I'm going one one. Because yeah. well, I mean we've all predicted Hearts not to lose, so I think we know what's coming. Two no defeat. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. Anyway, thank you both for joining me this week. Until next week. Goodbye.